Okay, week one, NFL season coming up. We got quick episode today. Uh, releasing it a day later. There just weren't a lot of news stories this week. I don't know. So we're going to blow through them. Um, and then hopefully I have a lot of stuff to talk about after this weekend. Patriots Sunday night at the Steelers. Let's fucking go. David Andrews, sad note, blood clots in his lungs, brutal, out for the year. Prayers to him, his family, forget about football. Take care of yourself, take care of your family, get better. Hopefully he'll have an opportunity to play football again, but who gives a shit about that right now? Just get better, worry about your health. Try not to freaking die, Jesus. That's a crazy thing to come out of fucking nowhere. So... Thoughts with you, Andrews. Get better, man. Uh, Patrick Chung, another Patriot in a little bit of trouble. Pled not guilty to cocaine charges. Next court date, November 8th. So Patriots are saying they're not going to comment on it while it's an ongoing trial. Typical Patriots, what you'd expect. So they're not going to say anything about it. Looks like Chung's just going to play. So we're good for now. I don't know what that means about playoffs, though. November 8th, very interesting timing. Court proceedings, I would say, in America are extremely slow. And in this rare case, I think that's going to prove to the Patriots' benefit. I would be shocked to see, I'm sure, whatever legal jargon bullshit they got to put out there, Chung's going to be good for this whole season. And any suspension, any consequences he faces are going to be done after the season. And the Patriots will know far ahead of next year's this year. Patrick Chung, starting safety, pencil men, he'll be good. Another Patriot, Mr. Gronkowski, comes out with a CBD, teases everyone, saying, ooh, maybe this is his comeback speech. Press conference, it's an ad, of course. Any hidden nowadays, it's all clickbait. Clickbait, and then you get an ad. Gronk with one of the greatest clickbaits of all time. Got everyone coming in, everyone expecting him to come back. And it's a fucking ad for CBD. Great. Fantastic. I think it's 50-50. There is, Gronk is a very smart guy. There's two argu- There's an argument for him coming back. There's an argument for him not coming back. He is, the way he's talking, he, he has been asked a hundred times, are you coming back, yes or no? If he knows for sure he's not coming back and he doesn't want people to think he's coming back, He'd just say, no, there's 0% chance. I'm done with football. I'm absolutely not. I'll never step on the field again. It's very simple. Very easy for Gronkowski to shut the door. He is not shutting the door every time he answers it. Well, I don't know. I mean, physically, I'm back. I'm up to it. Physically, I'm good. Physically, I can go. Physically, physically. He has said over and over and over, he is 100% physically able to play football right now. It is all mental, which means... He could come back tomorrow. He could come back next year. He could come back never. He even said that. He said, well, I could come back in, I don't know, six months, three years, ten years, maybe three months. I don't know. That's the one where I'd be coming back this season before the playoffs. I don't know. Who could tell? Who's to say? And he keeps leaving the door open. He had an interview with Adam Schefter. Same thing. Just because, ah, no, I'm not planning to play football. But, you know, like I said before, it's a mental thing, not a physical thing. Basically, he's wishy-washy on it. So either he's wishy-washy because he's going to continue to do this clickbait shit where he just says, I'm having a press conference with big news in two days, and then it's another fucking ad. 
and he just does that all season and makes a shit ton of money on ads, which would be a great move by him. Or he's wishy-washy because he really is going to come back. And I really hope it's the latter. I would oh, be fucking amazing. Nikhil Harry, first-round pick, gets put on IR. He could come back around week 8. Patriots' bye week is week 10, so maybe you know sometime in that October-November range. We get Nikhil Harry back. That's about the time Gronkowski would come back. There's a very real possibility we load up on weapons. Demarius Thomas is going to be starting the year, but with two Achilles injuries, maybe around that time he starts to wear down. We move him lower. We bring Gronk in. We bring Harry in. We reload on weapons. Healthy, rested, ready-to-go weapons for the playoffs. That's ideal scenario. I don't think anyone knows besides Gronk whether he is selling or whether he actually thinks he can come back. But no one can say for sure. I don't know. Jarrett Stidham versus Brian Hoyer. This is, to me, this seems extremely risky. And there's kind of two ways to look at it. So we let Hoyer go. It appears as though they were trying to do a Demarius Thomas thing where they cut him. Work around the roster. They bring him back later in the day. Well, you cut him. He's open. He can be signed by anyone. The Colts come in, and they came in hard. I think it was $3 million, 12, three years, $12 million. Big baller offer. Great for Hoyer. Way to fucking go. He came in. He ripped it up in the preseason. Didn't get a lot of time. Stidham got way more snaps, but Hoyer took advantage of the time he got, and he landed himself a good fucking contract. boy Hoyer. But now the Pats are left with Stidham. I mean, a lot of people are saying Brady gets hurt, whether you got Hoyer, whether you got Stidham, you're fucked either way. And season's over, season's done, nothing you can do about it. True, if Brady gets a torn ACL, something crazy where he's just done for the season, never coming back. But if Brady gets some, I don't know, strain, minor tear bruised rib, maybe a broken bone that takes a couple weeks to heal, you know, broken thumb, broken finger, and then you're just looking for your backup quarterback to come in for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, just hold on, keep you 500, keep the team alive until Brady gets back. In that situation, Hoyer makes a huge difference. He's a huge plus over Stidham. If we get into that situation where Brady's got to take a few weeks off, And we just need Stidham to keep us afloat. A situation that's only happened once, and it was when Tom Brady was suspended after Deflategate. Won't get into that right now. And we needed Jimmy Garoppolo. We needed Jacoby Brissett. Keep us afloat those first four weeks. They did that. I believe three and one, if I'm not mistaken. Brady's never had to do that for injury. It happened one time from suspension. It was the first four weeks of the season, so they could plan for it. We've never had Brady just lose a few weeks in the middle of the regular season. So, I guess we're not, probably we're more in the camp of if Brady's going to get hurt, he's going to be toast. And it doesn't matter whether you have Hoyer Stidham, we're fucked either way. So, just pray to God that fucking Brady doesn't go down. If Brady goes down, our season is screwed. Screwed. Stidham is not going to be able to do tiddlywink with this team. We don't have a fucking chance with Stidham. He looked a little better in that last <clears throat> fourth preseason game. He was hitting his second reads more, but I mean, I'm he's improving. I'm very happy to see him improving. See improvement. 
next year, two years, I think he could end up turning into a viable quarterback. Definitely not a worthy backup this year, but I don't know. Good potential. We'll see. Uh, we signed that gunner kid everyone's losing their mind about. He's going to end up just, you know, special teamer, kick returner. He'll be fun. We'll forget about him. Then he's going to pop up for like three games, get some special teams touchdown. He's going to go in and play defensive back for a couple series. He'll be a fun guy. This year, I don't really think he's going to have an impact. It is weird how this lines up, though. With the way Edelman replaced Welker is very similar to the way this gunner kid is coming in. Julie Edelman, most likely going to retire when Brady retires, if I had to bet on it. So Gunner, next year, same thing with Stidham. Next year, year after, Gunner could make big contributions to the Patriot team. Hopefully he's just fun this year. All right, we're going on to bets because that's all. Well, Brian Flores tanking this year, sells Jeremy Tunsil, gets two first-rounders, a second-rounder. Gets Kenny Stills, who's a locker room issue, out of the building. Gets Kiko Alonso, who's just a fucking prick. That guy's a real fucking tool bag and an asshole. Get that fuck. I mean, that's just a fucker. Fuck that guy. He's probably bitching and complaining, too. He gets shipped out. Everyone is against Miami right now. I know they're not going to go on some crazy run and make the playoffs. Like, they want to tank. They want to be in the bottom part of the draft and get a top overall quarterback. I'm not, I don't know, everybody is against Miami. I don't see them just folding and going 0-16. This doesn't feel like an 0-16 team. I think Brian Flores is a hard-o. I think he is a demand. He's very Belichickian. He's going to do that kind of style where either you're in or you're out. And he's going to be super demanding. He's going to be really hard on guys. That can go sour. Guys can reject that, especially professionals. Works a little easier in college, but when you're dealing with professionals, guys tend to shy away from that. They just want to be treated and respected as men, respected as equals. So if Brian Flores can get guys to buy into that system, wouldn't be surprised to see them go four, five, six wins. I'm still still in Miami, watching Miami, especially first week against the Ravens. Ravens are huge favorites there's seven point favorites i don't know lamar jackson a run heavy defensive team down in the humidity down in the heat trying to go up against ryan fitz fucking magic we all know fitz magic is gonna pull a game or two out of his ass he definitely is i don't know would not be surprised to see the dolphins have success early all right let's run through the bets nfl this everyone's got a strategy everyone's got a system my system it's a beauty it's just a beauty you combine the best of both worlds i take parlays i take teasers i find the happy middle ground people are afraid of them people are scared of them people don't realize the value i look five to ten team 13 point teasers you get plus money on a 13-point teaser. You got to go a lot of games, but you're in plus money. That's the goal of betting. You want to take plus money. If you're doing the minus 110s, you're never going to win. You will never win. You're never going to win no matter what you do. I'm going to lose anyway. But I feel like I have a fighting chance when I'm taking underdogs and I'm taking plus money bets. So five to eight team plus money bet. Oh, fuck eight teams. At least five. I think my site maxes out at 10, but at least five, as many as you can go. 
This week, we got the Green Bay Chicago under 59.5. Atlanta plus 17 at the Vikings. That's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a close game. That's going to be a very entertaining 1 o'clock game. Very excited to see that. Vikings have a lot of hype. Atlanta has a lot of hype. Both kind of boomer bust teams. They're always up and down. That's going to be interesting. I don't really have a good feel for it, but I think it's going to be close. I trust Matt Ryan to cover late in the game. Plus 17, feel pretty good about that. Baltimore, Miami, under 50 and a half. Like we said, Baltimore, they're a running team, they're a defensive team. Miami, Fitzmagic isn't going to be putting up 50 points, let's be honest. It's going to be hot, it's going to be humid, it's going to be a slow game. 50, 50 and a half, love the under. Also, Miami plus 20 in that game. Baltimore, even if they win, they are not a team that's going to blow you out, especially in that heat. Wouldn't be shocked to see Miami take that outright. Miami plus 20. Washington Redskins plus 22 and a half. Everyone loves the Eagles right now. Nine and a half point favorites the Eagles get. I know they're at home. Division games, week one. Week one in the NFL. I don't care if you're the Miami Dolphins. Every team believes they have a chance to win. Every team believes it. Teams don't quit week one. Division matchups. Jay Gruden's been in that division a while. He knows the Eagles. He knows that system. 22 and a half points. Put Washington on your teaser. That one's hitting. Jacksonville. Plus 17. Same as the Miami. It's a defensive team. It's hot. It's humid. Kansas City's going to be running down there. Their defense is a little better. They're going to be... I mean, that game is all Patrick Mahomes versus the Jacksonville defense. And I think that's going to be really even. Wouldn't be surprised to see Kansas City win. Wouldn't be surprised to see Jacksonville win. So I think Jacksonville, with the points, at home, plus 17. Love it. Indianapolis at the L.A. Chargers, plus 20. Put it on the tees. L.A. Chargers were a better road team than a home team last year because they're still in that stupid 20,000-seat stadium. And they're in L.A. where there's a bunch of Colts fans anyway. Forget, screw the Chargers at home. Everyone's hating on the Colts. They're underdogs. Colts are looking good. Frank Wright, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett with Hoyer. That's going to be a great fucking quarterback room. They still have Mack. They still have Hines. They still have Hilton, Ebron. They got a great offensive line. Offensive lines travel. They got weapons. Indiana. Indianapolis plus 20. Cousin Sal. Listen to the Against All Lines podcast. Bill Simmons. Cousin Sal. I'm all in on this one. Dallas plus 6. They're taking on the Giants. I don't like... All right, on these five-team-plus teasers, the key is to go unders and underdogs. Unders and underdogs. Very simple. In the NFL, It unders happen real quick in the NFL. People love to bet the over, so the lines are inflated anyway. So you throw 13 points on top of pretty much any over-under, under's going to hit almost every time. Whether you know what you're talking about or not, it's just going to hit. So I love the unders. And a lot of times you win that bet in the second quarter. It's 7-3 to three in the second quarter, and you have a 50-point under. Boom. Done. Over. You won the bet. Easy money. Then I love the underdogs. Points, 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 points. If you get 20 points, even if you're a shitbag team, if you're going with 20 points in the NFL, there's just not a lot of NFL teams that are going to hold on to a 21, 28, 35-point lead. They're not going to push it like that. In college, they push it. NFL games are just naturally closer. They're all professionals out there. So if you can get high double-digit points, you can get close to the 20s, you can get over 20. Even if it's a crappy team, take that. So underdogs and unders with these, 
I got three favorites to end it, and I'm following Simmons. I'm following Sal. Sal's team is the Cowboys. I trust him. Dallas plus six. Sal and Bill Simmons love Seattle at home going against Cincinnati. So we got Seattle plus three and a half. That one makes me nervous. I don't like with these big ones, big teasers, you really just want a ton of points on your side. So I really don't like taking the favorites and having a three and a half point favorite on the list. That makes me nervous, but I think AJ Green's out to start. I don't think the Bengals have a very good offensive line. Offensive lines, shitty offensive lines don't travel. They really show up on the road. Now you got Jadavian Clowney up there in Seattle. I think this is one that where as soon as you start watching the game, you're going to feel way better about the bet. It's a little scary because you haven't seen Seattle in a year, but I think you just got to go blind, take it, Seattle plus three and a half. Last one, New England plus seven. That's a homer pick all day long. Probably don't agree with it, but I love the Pats against the Steelers. I love them at home. The Pats could lose this. They do typically go two and two to start the year. They lost to Kansas City on a Thursday night game a couple years ago. They blow early games to good opponents. They lost the Steelers on the road last year. Pats could definitely lose this game, but at home I would be shocked to see them lose by over seven points. And again, it's a homer pick. You probably shouldn't take it, but I'm taking that. So there we there we go. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. We got ten bets. Green Bay, Chicago under. Atlanta spread. Baltimore, Miami under. Miami, Washington, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Dallas, Seattle, New England. Lock it up. There's your teaser for week one.